One of the counties to benefit from the Conservative government in Westminster is committing to connecting rural areas with superfast broadband as representative bodies for agriculture and horticulture in England and Wales, with an infrastructure provider openreach to help close the digital divide and speed up rollout. Residents in the county will have access to the superfast rural broadband which will be generated through the newly negotiated fixed line broadband way leave, a right of way granted by the landowner allowing open reach to reach locations and ensuring the digital communications are fit for purpose. Cardigan's inshore lifeboat was launched over the weekend after reports of a small fishing vessel near Cardigan Island had broken down. The two crew members on board had experienced steering failure, were initially taken ashore by lifeboat crew who relaunched after the tide had turned to recover the fishing boat. 30-year-old Gary Newell of Tenby Court Moncton pleaded guilty to assault when he punched his victim unconscious in the early hours of the morning outside a nightclub in February when he appeared at Haverford West Magistrates Court last week. The victim was in hospital for observation but did not suffer any lasting injuries and magistrates imposed a 12-month community order, 150 hours of unpaid work and a 15-day rehabilitation activity requirement alongside ordering him to pay £100 to the victim, £85 cost and an £85 surcharge. The relocation of Fishguard's Tourist Information Centre to the upstairs in the town's library was approved by Pembrokeshire County Council's Cabinet last week. The closure of the Customer Contact Centre in Fishguard, along with those in Milford Haven, Nayland and Tenby, it will be absorbed into the current provision available at the library. The success in other towns in the county following the same path he highlighted as a positive. A cost contribution of £8,375 a year will be taken from the Customer Service Centre closure savings. Armed police were summoned to Richard John Road in Milford Haven on Saturday evening, which led to an arrest being made. This was the second incident in the last three days from which David Powers Police armed officers were called to the county, after an incident in Halford West with a report of a man in possession of a knife, which was safely dealt with and the man was taken to hospital with minor injuries, with no arrests made last Thursday. Twice over the weekend, fire crews also attended incidents in the north of the county. The first on Friday evening and after a service bus was destroyed by fire after it had finished its route to Fishguard from Haverford West and was returning to the company base in Newport. There were also an attendance on the A40 on Sunday, which was partly blocked near the Mathry turn-off in Letterson following a crash involving a motorbike and a van. The Welsh Ambulance Service also attended the incident. The Seaborn Quest, a luxury cruise ship which has been compared to an executive yacht, docked in Fishguard in the early hours of the morning last week and was met by a welcoming party which included Fishguard and Goodick Town Deputy Mayor, Councillor Jackie Stokes and folklore heroine Jemina Nicholas. The cruise ship was en route from Bridgetown Barbados to St Melo in France. I'm Jonathan Twig and you're up to date with all your latest Pembroke news here on Pure West Radio. After that long pregnant pause. Oh, we're back. Are we we're sorry? Back. <laughs> I'm in a book. I know. <laughs> I know. There we are. You see. Hi. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? We're fine. We're on the West Files. We are. This is the West Files. This is Pure West Radio. That's the mouse button. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, we were Ronnie's gonna... reading a book. Yes. Well, Ronnie's reading a pile of books from our our guest tonight. Yes. Who will be joining us right after. The theme music. Oh, yes, please. I just yeah. thought, you know, I'll put the mic on. I'll just see if you'd notice that we'd actually yeah. gone on air. Yeah. It's when you started talking that seriously that... Well, I was waiting uh, for you, you know. Yeah. Like, Sorry, I'll go back to my book. All right, then. We'll join you after People Are Strange. <laughs> People are strange when we're strange. Faces look ugly when you're alone. Women seem wicked when you're unwanted. Streets are under when you're down, when you're strange. 
now no i've had to put my book down oh well there we are then <laughs> you're reading poetry later yes anyway our guest tonight runs a time machine he does yes he runs a time checking the website and it says here the time machine is run by greg house good evening greg hello good evening um greg is actually uh professional genealogist, a writer, which we will discover yes. more about because when we can tear the book out of Ronnie's... <laughs> Sweaty little paws, I know. qualified local historian, teaches family history all over South West Wales for the council down at that other county, yeah. slightly to our east. Yeah. Um, 
Carmarthenshire, I think it's I called. Think it's yeah, called. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also runs the Angel Shark mm. project. I don't run it. Oh, it was involved in Is it. involved in Well, you like our playout yes, uh, music, which is well, Baby I'm, Shark. Well, yeah, yes. I'm just a bait. <laughs> <laughs> and Greg's uh, a regular on television. Um, he's worked on several of the BBC television shows, um, which one of which was Coming Home, which was the Welsh mm-hmm. Ancestry series. Yep. Um, where you did the genealogy research. I did, yeah. I did that and I presented a few of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, such notable names as Pam Ferris, Paul yes. Daniels, don't like that a lot. No. Michael York, the yes. guy with the big schnoz. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Susan Sarandon and Christopher Timothy, mm-hmm. a.k.a. James Herriot. Yes. yes. What was he like? Who, James Herriot? No, I know what James Herriot was like. He was Scottish. Yes, Christopher Timothy. No, James oh, Herriot. Very pleasant. Yeah. Yeah, very pleasant. Yeah, yeah I went to North Wales for that one, doing Bala. Because I remember watching the James Herriot series. I loved them and I read the books as well. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Mm. Did you enjoy them? Yes, very much. What did you enjoy about them? They were just hysterical. We, <laughs> we swapped roles now. Yeah. We can't really yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Last time you were on, we started off on genealogy. Yes. Um, because, basically because I wanted to brag that our family history goes back to 997. Um, but it turned into... An eclectic mix of punk rock. Yes, yeah. yes, it did. Um, writing history, mm. angel sharks, all sorts of weird ones. Mm. So we're yes. hoping for good things for that. And your your good lady wife is is accompanying you tonight yes. as your guardian. Yes, um, making she, sure he behaves. Yes, yeah, making sure he behaves. And the rest of us. <laughs> so um, go on then. You you already what you were asking. Greg, or Greg was interviewing you, I've lost count now. I don't know anymore. I was just saying how much I enjoyed the James Harriet books. Yes. Yes. And the poetry reading. Oh, yes, in your, in your, in your book. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get to that, we'll don't get worry. To that we'll and get to don't that. Don't worry, I shall read it out. Yeah. Um, in my best poetry voice. Mm. Because tonight, the real reason Greg is here is this bundle, <laughs> and I, it's a veritable bundle of books... Um, now I'll try and get them in the right order. The first one being The Man Behind the Glass. That's correct. Uh, by Greg Howes. Yes. Mm-hmm. The second one presumably then being, in order, The Movement of Light. Yes. 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 Um, which is kind of a part two follow-up. It is a part, it is a part two. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, there was no plan for a part two, a sequel, when I finished the first one. Um, but it's, I was just wondering what the characters were doing when I wasn't there, really. Right, and uh, felt there was a lot idea. more. Yeah, felt there was a lot more to say, and I thought, I wonder what they're doing. Are we? Are we? Set, are we are we cause we've had Brian John, who's who wrote the Angel Mountain mm. series, and Brian, mm-hmm. I think, intended one, and gradually wrote five hundred and seventy. Yeah, yeah, yeah it can be quite addictive. I mean, are you going to revisit these characters? In I mean, um, we haven't talked about the characters yet. We'll no, get to yeah. That, um, it's it's. I don't write it off for a third. Are you still one, curious but, about what they're up to? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I, you know, could quite easily sort of, um, yeah, I mean, I could, I've got lots of ideas for a book three, mm-hmm. but whether or not I'll actually do it or not, I don't know. It takes so long. Novels take a very long time, and if you've got lots of ideas, mm. it's difficult to, um, it's, you feel slightly frustrated because you want to work on those ideas, but you don't want to get too many things happening at the same time, less, it's just... 
you end up writing five books, five stories, and whatever, <laughs> and not finish, finishing any. So um, I mean, yeah. I'm prone to distraction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah distracted. The next one's got a very dark cover, but it's a very thin volume. Mm. It's mm. one that's intriguing me the most, possibly because of the very gothic cover on it. It's called The Maiden's Well Folly. A lot of gothic we'll images find out more in it about as well. That yeah. In a little while, and the latest one, which is a series of short, strange tales. Strange tales. And yeah. I understand some poetry. There is some poetry in the which, back there, um, yes. Which and there's some strange pictures in there as well. Yeah, which Ronnie you, you Ronnie's going to read one of the poems for us. Now. Now. Right now. Right now. <laughs> right now. Right now. Put you on music. Right now. Right now. Before we forget, why well, your eyesight hasn't faded away. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too. There we are. Let's I'm... put them out. Should we set the tone? Oh, go on then. Ladies and gentlemen, Ronaldo will now <laughs> read a poem. <laughs> well, that set it really well. <laughs> We've actually got a drum roll somewhere, haven't we? <laughs> it's Would you like a fig roll for afterwards? No, I wouldn't. It's called Coarse and Ragged Shirt. I walk with thistle and gorse among the, upon the Mount of Man. I wear a coarse and ragged shirt. I take refuge amongst the stones of abandoned belief. I smell the salt spun upon the ocean's loom. I hear the voices of a timeless womb. I silently mouth a very old song. A song sung before my birth and after my death. When the herds of words have not diluted my breath. There we go. How's that? Brilliant. Excellent. Excellent. Right. First class job. But I can only follow that with some music. Yeah, definitely. Um, and. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. It's what the computer chose. So let's have some. Tiger feet? <laughs> Your tiger feet Your tiger feet Your 
Tiger feet. Do you remember the dance he used to do with those really tiger slippers? I do. Yeah, that sort of crossy foot dance. I bet everybody can do that, except me. Um, yeah, so that was Mud. Our guest tonight on The West Files is author, genealogist, historian, angel shark expert, archer, <laughs> lepidopterist, punk rocker. And what? Punk rocker. Punk rocker. <laughs> and uh, all round um, entrepreneur. Ooh. Artist. Artist. <laughs> yeah. What sort of artist? We won't add the first that. one. Yeah, we won't depending add the first on one. your. Uh, yeah. yeah, we haven't uh, got any Irish whiskey in. <laughs> no, because be shame. Uh, we, we're going to. I think we'll come here again. I just want to just touch on. Go go back to the gothic one, which is your maiden's well folly, and um, obviously we haven't had a chance to read it in full because Ronnie's purloined it since it came in, into the building. Uh, but this is a story of a young woman's search for her identity. That's right, her family this, history. Does this sort of tie in with your genealogy and history research? Uh, yeah, she was on a quest in mm. for one thing, and she sort of, and she. I suppose you could say she ended up with something quite quite different. But but it's pretty ambiguous. She arguably ends up. Well, she goes back. She connects into something that probably she didn't want to connect into, and that was part of her family history. It's it's not mm -hmm. that straightforward, really. Which brings me to some questions going back to the genealogy mm. again. Um, which is when when people do you find that people have a fixed idea of who they are and where they came from? People when, are searching when they for, come up for you know, I, for, can you help me with my family tree or when, when you're working yeah. with the BBC? Yeah, I mean, people, there are a lot of red herrings around them, there's a lot of stories around them. People tend to like to reflect in other people's glory. Well, what's the effect of these DNA tests that people can do now? Because there's a lot of. But, they often going, produce. I thought I was African, but no, I'm from Antarctica. Mm. Um, well, they often produce more questions than answers. I mean, you know, 
it's like everything you know once you actually find out the answer to something there's just so many more questions to it they're, they're actually the results are really quite vague as well aren't they they, they can be like you're 36% Western European, you're eighteen percent. It depends. There are so many. I mean, I've had a recent one back, and it said that I'm thirty-one percent Irish and Scottish, and sixty-one, sixty-two percent English and Welsh, and seven percent Northwestern European. But the uh, the Irish one is actually quite specific about what area of Ireland mm. my ancestors are likely to be from. Um, because a lot of other people have come up with markers from mm. that area. It could be that um, a lot of people from that area have now gone to America and done ancestry DNA tests, of course, because the pe- arguably some of the people in Ireland already know where they're from, and so that. But it was the particular area was a, uh, an area that was affected by the famine, so lots of people would have moved. Yeah, yeah. So you know, so so therefore, it would be quite dis- dispersed, and maybe then they're looking back and find out well, where did the family originate, and why did it move, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, it's fascinating this history and I love social it. History. Yeah, I love it. It's really that. a study of social history, isn't it? Mm. It's a study of people and us and yeah. how we move around. And when I did when when our family history was being done. It was discovery, the discovery that our family didn't move around. <laughs> they stayed in one place mm. for nearly a thousand years. So yeah, some do. Lack of imagination. Um, well, maybe they were just comfortable. Maybe you know. I mean, you could no reason to move. Yeah. Which made it made the genealogy side of it incredible. Well, you can find as much wonder in a field as you can ideally going all over the world if you look close enough. Yeah, I can understand that. Mm. Unless it's a field. Do you know what I mean? It depends. It's all a question of actually how you perceive something and from what area, you know. If you look into a hedgerow, the amount of life from different worlds going off and there happening, it's quite intensive. There's a hippie side to you as well, isn't Um, there? No. We won't tell anybody. We won't tell anybody. No. 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 Bit of a naturalist. I'm not a hippie, but. Mm. Oh, I say, no, I have to say, Greg is wearing clothes. Tonight. I was going to say, yeah, I had to get that naturalist. Right. Just yeah. to return back to the book, I, I just mm, good clothes too. Um, there is this gothic element, uh, and the word, of course, and it's not set in West Wales either, is it? It's set in Oxfordshire. Um, the Maidenswell Folly starts in Oxfordshire, but it mainly ends up in West Wales yeah. in Picton yes. Gardens and Picton Castle. Oh wow! Okay. Um, yeah. That's pretty good. But you, are you allowed to outline a little bit of um, the Maidens Well Folly? Because we've got, as you said before, there's Maidens Well Road. Well, strangely, I, I called the, the book was named after um, the story that sort of was. I thought well, that would be a good name for that. And then um, just just before I uh, and then when I moved to Pembroke, it, the book had come out two months before, and then I found out that I actually lived on the Maiden Wells Road and had never heard of it in my life. But the the it just came out of nowhere, and I thought that that's a name that suits the story. Yeah. And now, of course, everybody thinks it's a local tale, history tale. Well, of course it is, but it's based in Picton Gardens and Picton Garden <laughs> Castle, and nothing whatsoever to do with Ma- the village of Maiden Wells. But it are. was quite it's almost sort of meant to be, Where did I the suppose. Come from? Ooh, well, um, often they're sort of formed out of various different ideas that all sort of coincide or collide. You might have a sort of one thing, I think, and 
it would be interesting to do a family history tale, for instance. And then when you look into what inspires you, and I've always been inspired by history, obviously, and the natural world, and I've always had a foot in both camps. So, you, you know, it's good to have a mix. And again, it teaches you about perspectives. And, uh, and you know, everybody's life is a story and the family true, history, etc. Yeah. And people and the, and the older the building, the more stories there are relating to that or potential reverberations of was history. It the BBC that did a fascinating programme where they took the history of a house from the day it was built yeah. up to the present day and looked mm. at all of the families and the individuals that had been, had been yeah. located in it. And then you've got sort of spirit of place as well, you know. Um, certainly Peter Ackroyd is very big on that the guy who wrote the biography right. of London he was very much into different areas conju mm -hmm. you know, conjure up um, different emotions different feelings and maybe even historical things that sort of bounce back on one another and reverberate through time and repeat each th mm -hmm. themselves which I think is what that certainly the Maidenswell folly does mm -hmm. you know, it's history arguably repeating itself but that's and quite that's, a gothic that, tradition, actually. It is. It's. Yeah. It's. As I say it's the one that visually attracted me straight away, mm. um, because obviously it, it, it kind of. I mean, that you know the cover, this sort of mm. uh, monotone. I suppose you would describe this monotone. Um, well, I wrote that as a <coughs> as a gothic romantic fiction as an actual genre. No other book did I write with any and idea concept of genre. Gothic romantic. It does. What a giveaway. What yeah. A, yeah, but I actually I wrote it specifically for that. Whereas the first sort of two novels, I would just quite genre loose. Mm -hmm. You you've got a lot of art, you know, artwork in your books. Mm -hmm. Did you do that yourself? Oh yeah, all of yeah, all of the Seriously? images. Seriously, yeah. Because this is Bloody the one. Hell, yeah, talented, he is very talented. Is there anything you can't do? <laughs> uh, Don't I'm that, only ever really, I'm only really good at doing that sort of ball in the hoop thing. You know, when you were kids, you're oh, a yeah. little string uh, and a ball and that. That's my only talent, really. No, I um, I'm no good with cars. Really? No. no anything no. engines? No. That's well, that's a relief. Yeah, he found something he can't do because the artwork in this book is actually really. really yeah, I know. Very this is the quality. point. I mean, the, yeah, they are definitely. You know, I go. I talking about Picton. They always have the Christmas uh, craft there. Mm. Yeah, which I call another collection of inspirational driftwood. Yeah, and over HDR uh, photographs, you know, mm -hmm. like Tembi with a purple sky. Mm. clouds <laughs> leaping out from a green background it's like, it's like uh, yeah it just, just doesn't but the, the pictures in here you know genuinely i would like that on my wall yeah you can size. buy them if you want to do a special print um, in the um sense of the other there's other pictures that's in awesome. there as well Which yeah that was that's a that's a beautiful oh, that's so one that's yeah it's a it's a beautiful folly that one um that's the only image that is actually not well, from actually because that's a, that has a been photograph. yeah that's been transported by artistic license that's that folly is actually on the edge of between oxford uh, oxfordshire and Ellsbury, right and buckinghamshire rather so i sort of by artistic license i put that on the edge of picton gardens which mm. latterly someone's told me actually there is a ruin in virtually the same place as where <laughs> i put it 
in the story and I had no knowledge there was an old building there anyway so it, it's becoming more and more no, sort of spooky serious, these, these would <coughs> sell they are lovely it's just they? getting the it's just getting the vehicle to actually sell them on and to the right audience I suppose Picton Christmas Market yeah yep. so alongside the inspirational Driftwood you've you've got the the artwork in the maidens of folly and a mm. sense of the other mm -hmm. but you haven't got them in the novels no um it was just a combination the last the the uh <coughs> the novels were what should we say the first one took about six years on and off took a very very long time i yeah. was doing artwork black and white artwork if you like photographic morphs whatever around that time but again that was set in london uh 1860 mm. and um uh, so i wasn't going to sort of run off down to london and take a few photographs so i could well have done <laughs> no. you know but uh yeah it was just something that it was something that i do and i wanted to give a vehicle for them yeah and i just felt that sometimes a picture can you know take you somewhere else as well really it does because it can go along with the story that you're reading or or the, the book that you're reading yeah um and as steve quite rightly said the ones in maidens were folly i mean they are fantastic thank you they are really yeah that is i love that's my favorite yeah. that's Which my favorite that? one this one from we're, we're now we're, we're sense of the other. through a sense of, a the, sense other. of the other Which yeah is, this is a sense of the other just, is your latest just, one that's well, yeah that's backwards and forwards here there's no that's okay no chronology in this show at all um, no, it's like a game of plong, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like the cover of that. That, mm. that's, that in itself is more gothic. I know. Yeah. Your yeah. work? Yeah. Yeah. There we are, you see? The man's a genius. He is. Yeah. And again, I take it that the, the artwork for the front of the books, yeah. the movement of like Man Behind the Glass, that's yours as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking how much I struggled to do the artwork on, on the covers of the three books I got. I don't know what you're worried about. If you like. I don't know what you're worried about. If I draw something for the granddaughter, I've got to label it so two minutes later I know what it is. <laughs> it wasn't that. It was like I, I had an idea in my head that I just couldn't get out on the paper. I can't do that. Yeah, it's the in the and head. The artist, the artist who eventually did it couldn't do it either. Mm. No. Um, you know, I just had this ideal um, that I can't show it you because obviously we don't have a copy. No. So we'll resort no, to playing we'll some music. We'll have some music. We'll have to, if the, if the mouse doesn't work yeah, again, what, does what it? What are we having? Um, that one. Oh, that one? Yeah. Okay. Love that you one. should be so lucky if this works. <laughs>
Are you with us again? No. You're reading, aren't yeah, you? Yes. Right. I've got my book down. Right. Well, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna go. We're gonna deal with the, these books in order because we're jumping about all over the place. So start with the one at the bottom of the pile. Okay. The man, man behind, behind the, the glass. glass. Mm-hmm. Now you are our literary guru, aren't you? Because you <laughs> you devour books. I do devour books. Right. Yes, so, I will be honest. So I'm going to I'm going to hand this part of the show to you. Oh, book, thank you. Because you are the book devourer general. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that after I've had a few. Where do you get the titles from? I was lucky with that one. I was really lucky with that one because it, it was pretty much from the start I came up with that and I was really surprised that no one else... Apparently there's one poem um, called that. Oh, I think right. something to do with Twin Peaks. But other than that, there was no other title like that because I... It, I would have been quite gutted actually to have sort of worked with that as a working title and then found after all that time somebody else had it or yeah. it was released only because years that, ago or 50. Because that's always been my, my thing. It's like, how do people work out titles for a book? Mm. I mean, you've got four different books, four different titles. The uh, Yeah, it, it seemed to cover a lot of, because it's about a Victorian photographer. Yeah. Um, but, yeah behind the glass just seemed to be there's also people looking out from behind the glass and from out behind the photographs as well and of so it, it refers to the glass plate yes yeah so it covers everything part as well as my photography was the pre-digital era and also my hobby you know so that's your hobby as well <laughs> good grief the man is just never ceases to amaze us but you've you've got a lot of um authors that have inspired you. Yeah. And, I mean... You, well, you were saying before, this reads like Conan Doyle. It does read like Conan Doyle, and Conan Doyle is one of your... Yeah, you know, oh, yeah, your yeah. Thing, he he yeah. wrote some great... Tales of Unease is a brilliant book. And again, there's an... Because you've got... From what I flicked through, I yeah. mean, I'll be honest, I try not to flick through a book too much, because once I start reading it, that's it. As you've just found out. But, I mean, you've got David Gemmell in there. Yeah. You know, that is yeah. another one. Robin Hobb. Yeah, um, I've spoken to her online once actually. Really? On the MySpace. Yeah, she was live at the same time I was, and and uh, we chatted away for about twenty minutes. Ooh. So I've got a lot of time for her since then. You know. Do you know you can go off people? You know, you really can. Mm. But it's it's the the variety as well. I mean, because you've got Bram Stoker, Lovecraft, mm. Dickens, Cornwall. Yeah. It, there's so many different people that have influenced you. Yeah. And some, I mean, with what I've read, the parts of the books I've read so far, I shall try and put this down now, I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see a lot of that, of them in that. Yeah. And they obviously have inspired you perhaps more than, more than you realised or as much um, as you realised. Yeah, just various things. I mean, when you're writing a fiction book, you know, various things from your sort of childhood or things that you've read, it all becomes a sort of... Uh, melding them all together really and they all come out I mean it's like people you know they end up as composites it's op- of a lot of the people in that book there are people I've known in one shape or form mm. but I've sometimes joined them together so they may look like that but they act like something else yeah but yeah certainly I think you do I mean you know I have I didn't use any model for that no. book whatsoever I mean a lot of authors when they're writing their first book stories whatever they have models right. and it's very easy to write well easier to write if you've got a model by taking which bits you liked out of a certain story yeah. changing the period of time changing the names 
changing the plot slightly and then you'll find that it actually becomes a totally different story altogether but a lot of people find that an easy way of doing it mm. I mean Shane McGowan used to do it, does it with his songs or used to do it with his songs yeah. he'll start off trying to copy somebody and then realise he's forgotten half of it halfway through and then he'll invent <laughs> something not that I and we're talking with Greg Howes our guest yes. and the author of well I mean the man is just I mean he's a, he, yeah. behind yeah. the glass man yeah. behind Often. the glass but the too many like, glasses yeah. I've cheated and pulled up on Amazon and it says the man behind the glass is based on a character called Septimus Black. That's a good Victorian I love that name. Mm. I Septimus love Septimus Blackwood. Blackwood. Mm. A Victorian photographer with a difference. But he sounds like and a villain. And this is set in 1860 mm. up the, in the East End. So we're pre-Rissa. Yes. Yes. We're in Dickensian. We are. Yeah, we are. But yeah. yes, we are. We're not pre-Spring Hill Jack though. No, we're not. Mm. Is that a spoiler alert? Um, don't say any more uh, if it is. Mm, I don't want to know. I'm reading these. You're not in the back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was the best time I could think of to actually start having that. That was just when Queen Victoria had just had um, a small photograph done of her family, and they were called Carts de Visits, mm -hmm. the small little cards. And that was when they first started copying them rather than having one-offs. Yeah. And she created the fad and it was called Cart Mania. So you had like Tulip Mania in Amsterdam in about mm. the 17th century. But this was called Cart Mania, which was again another possible name for the book. But then I thought, who knows what Cart Mania means nowadays? I do, because I've sort of looked, you know, mm. but a lot of other people, so I thought, no, Card Mania photograph, but you know. But it, it was around when photography was just becoming known. It started in, in about 1839 and it was just sort of seeping in. Mm -hmm. And it was quite... And there was lots of other areas where people thought it could go, you know. And Victorian age was like an age where everything was possible. That's you true. know, there was new plants being discovered, new, new countries being discovered. Science was going out, you know, uh, Charles Darwin. So... It, this guy just linked onto that and thought, I'm going to take this as, as far as I possibly can, mm. you know. There yeah. we are, see? Oh. So I've, I've, I've read on a little bit more, and uh, actually, do you know what? I mean, I don't normally do fiction, but my interest is getting peaked. Mm. Good, <laughs> good. Peaked because of the era. I mean, that yes. era of, yeah. you know, sort of... It was also the, the great discoveries were being made in psychical research too. You know, we were beginning to move away from this idea of the ether to an understanding of consciousness and mm. and science thought in the 19th century that it wouldn't be very long before we knew what ghosts were. Yeah, and that the, we still don't. Devices could yeah. be made mm. to communicate with yeah. the dead. And here we mm. are in the 21st century and, and we still, still can't solve yeah. either mm. of those questions out. I mean, the, you know, great ghost stories written in the 19th century. Oh, you know, oh amazing fantastic. ones. Oh, you know. yeah. Of course, and Dickens being the master with yeah. his Christmas ghost stories. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but that was what I was going to say to you, because a lot of the authors that have inspired you are older authors. They are. I mean, the, the Man Behind the Glass was written as, as near as I could possibly get with people to understand it of a book in that time. Yeah. So it's written almost sort of probably about 1900 English mm. as opposed to 1860 where a lot of people wouldn't be able to understand it but uh, you know a lot of people nowadays if you read they read Dickens 
would be quite lost in understanding oh, reading. Yeah, yeah, I think there's, Not, some, there's a generation that don't even know what Dickens is. No, yeah. apart from a his, his Muppets Christmas Carol, though, was a tour de force. <laughs> You love that film, don't you? Well, Oliver Twist was a big inspiration. I was mm -hmm. taken to see that when I was four. And mm. uh, that was in London. My grandparents lived in London and we used mm -hmm. to go to London a lot. So my Irish grandfather walked me all over London. And we never had any idea where we were setting off to, but he'd know all the history of all the places. Mm -hmm. So when I went to see Oliver, I think it was yeah, four, uh, I expected after that, to see Bill Sykes or Fagin round every sort of street corner. <laughs> yeah. Haken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you bad. <laughs> yeah. That's me in trouble. Oh, Again. Yeah. Yeah. Again. If you want to phone in the complaint on this week's radio show, yes. Um, yes. Please do, or text us on 60777. Start your message with PWR and I want to complain about speaking <laughs> again. Okay. Last week it was, what was it, vaccinations and vegans. Oh, got, yeah, and peanut yeah. allergies. I got the yeah. phones ringing. Didn't it just? Um, I think we should play some more music, and we're going to dedicate this one to Greg, because mm -hmm. you're off to see this this particular organisation next week, a band that I know well from my misspent youth also. A uh, band we uh, used to, are they still called SLF? Yeah, yeah. We, we never referred SLF. to them as different. No, it's SLF. SLF. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, this is them, and the most famous song of all, the one we all pogo to. <laughs>
was the only punk rocker that had ABBA paint because they all had like Bauhaus and you know, Crass yeah. or whatever. UK Back Decay. UK Decay was very popular. Mm. Uh, but I had ABBA. Yeah. That's because you were awkward, Sensei. Yeah. I, uh, I, and of course, the thing is, because a lot of the, cl- the punk clubs were also gay bars. Yeah. Or yeah. they were up on Liverpool, up in mm. Liverpool, Merseyside, um, because one floor would be the gay bar and the other downstairs would be the punk club. Mm. And you heard ABBA a lot. <laughs> and you heard Divine and the Weather Girls mm. and. It's raining me. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, it, it, it's kind of music that I grew up with. Um, yeah, it was yeah. The, the gay pubs were actually quite, they were quite good with the punk really. And they were also very safe places to Yeah. Be. Yeah, you knew that you weren't going to get a kicking. No, um, not know. whilst you're inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you would get, you could get yeah. a coming out sometimes because yeah. the um, the lads would gather uh, mm. over the road from the gay club as, as it chucked out, you know, just to sling insults. Mm. Um, but inside, you know, there was never any, there was never any fighting. It was always a good time. Yeah, it wasn't just the case of let's go out and get bladdered. No. On a Saturday night. You know, no. people went out to enjoy themselves and have fun. And, I mean, alcohol played a part, but mm. it wasn't the reason for going out. No. to people nowadays, oh, I'm going to go out on Saturday night, I'm going to get absolutely smashed. But they get smashed before actually going out now, yes. don't they? And yeah. then they sort of sober up as the evening goes yeah. on. Yeah. Whereas we sort of gradually yeah. got yeah. one step, yeah. you know. Yeah. And pubs were shutting at a lot of time, half 10, 11, weren't they? Um, well, they were, they were where you I was. What, I mean, we would get more the worse for work. Just go out earlier. Yeah. <laughs> the dehydration was a terrible affliction as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. The temperature in some of those places. Anyway, we're getting off the subject mm. again. We're, we're still on. Are we on the man with behind the glass, or we move to the next one? Well, no, I because just, I don't want to move on too far. I, I well, mean, look at that picture again. I know it's ever. amazing, isn't it? Um, what I would like to, to talk about mm-hmm. a little bit, if you don't mind that. No, is, carry on. Well, you've is, got about six minutes. Thank you, yeah. darling. Um, because it was your late mum that started you. She down did, this road. yeah. She um she, come up with the bright idea, of um. Everybody in sort of close family to write a short, eerie Christmas time type tale for Christmas Eve. Oh, good plan! Nice, it, yeah. You know, just a very short that's two, a, three, four pages. That's an incredibly British tradition. Mm. It is, and I but don't we know. I from for, the Germans for the life of me, I'm really quite not. You know, I'm not sure what where she got the idea from, or whether it was just drawing on something older. I don't know, but she and I, of course I complained an awful lot about it to put it mildly and because uh, <laughs> we were 200 mile away and had young kids and the heart the idea of getting everything else together and also going 200 miles away and now she wants a story mm-hmm. um was something but once i got started i think um you know like me with a lot of things i'd like sort of get into something then i get very into it and um of course it was something that i could use my history and i spent i was doing family history by that time so again it was able to i worked most of my life if you like uh, on you know at that time in the 19th century i was living in that century almost so it wasn't that big a leap to actually um use what i already knew um but uh yeah it was her idea and i and um 
it it sort of and I liked photographs and whatever and I just took it from, took it from there and ran with it really I had no idea where it was going to go how long it was going to be where to start I didn't I didn't use any models at all um and I that just sowed the seed basically yeah yeah and I thought then it's probably if I'm just going to write the one then that's why it's so intense mm. because it's a, you know so is this the story that you wrote then for that that Christmas it, well yeah if it yes Yes, it was an extension of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the ending changed. The ending changed. Um, it was left sort of hanging, as yeah. that one does to a small extent. But uh, I like people to do a little bit of working out once they finish reading a book, because I think it's not Game of Thrones then, where they can all vote for like and complain about the ending being. Not no, I no, I've never seen it actually. <laughs> so I'm um, yeah. No. But apparently they're all very very upset. Well, because the ending wasn't what it, they wanted. It's yeah. quite nice to leave like an Brexit, ending. Really, isn't it? We don't agree with that. We want a different ending. Yeah, it's, it is like you know it's, I. I, the things I used to see, you know, the Hammer House of Horror and things like that from oh, the 70s. Epic television series. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Because you always wondered a lot. You came away half an hour after it finished or an hour after thing, thinking, I wonder what the next stage would have been in that or what yeah, was the outcome of that. Think. They did. Yeah. And if you're trying to work it out a day or two later yeah. or a week later, it's still in your mind. You know that you've actually getting people and they're mm. interested and, you know, so... Oh, I love the Hammer House of Horror. Do you remember the music? Yeah. Vaguely, yeah. Dancing front of the that's no, right, yeah. That's yeah. your thinking of Tales of Unexpected. Tales of the Unexpected. Tales of the Unexpected. Oh, yeah. Women, yeah. yeah. You're just uh, thinking of the women, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Might be the attraction of the Bond films. It mm. could have been, yeah. No, the Hammer Horror was the house. Yeah, no. and the, anyway. That's right, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, I yeah. do remember it. Yes. I also remember Tales of the Unexpected. But yeah, it was, was a wonderful one, it was a wonderful idea and it was something that, you know, I... It would. Uh, I don't know why more people don't do it. Because it, rather than that, then families just sitting around arguing, watching television. They don't even you know. do that now. No. Oh, they stare at their own yeah. phone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you go out now on a Saturday, and you see everybody, the, the entire group of them, all just on the talking phone. to each other via the phone. I presume they are. Yeah, they are. Are. The, are they? Yeah. Well, I was sat in a, in a certain establishment um, last week. That'd be the pub. That was yeah, yeah. one of them. And there was these three young girls in there, young ladies in there, and they were all on their phones. They'd all ordered drinks, sat at the table, no, no harm, but they were all talking to each other via the phone because the next minute they all finished the drinks, they all got up, and it was like robots, and they all just followed each other out of the pub. Mm. <laughs> okay. Well, do you know what, re what one of the things we were talking last week's show about what grinds your gears mm. and we'll ask you later because it's a new thing that we're doing with people but I've got a new one for this week oh go on because we went to we took the boys to Mackie D's the other day oh yeah it's like a bloody youth club in there mm. now you've got seven or eight teenagers all around the table uh, sort of gathered around a McFlurry yeah and they're all on smartphones yeah mm. Now, when I went out as a teenager, it was to meet the girls, see your mates, hang around on the street corner. Yeah. You know, have a laugh, have a conversation. They weren't talking to themselves. Mm, to it's not a other. shared experience at all, no, is it, no. really? They were all in no. their little sort of social media bubble. And yeah. occasionally one would shove a screen to the other one and go, <laughs> Yeah. And then they'd all go back to the bubbles again. Yeah. yeah. And I was thinking, is it, we're regressing. Well, we're not building any experiences to remember for later we, on, are we? No, it's everything's very scattered. Yeah. We're sounding you like know, old people. And, I know uh, we are, but we I are I think older. the attention span is going also. Yes. I mean, yes. that is notably yeah. 
going, I think. Mm. Mine's been gone for years. Yeah, but that's because of the alcohol and yeah. the misspent youth. And well, yeah, okay. I was proud of my books. I, I enjoyed my <laughs> yeah. misspent youth. I, many, many times, the dilemma, do I buy a book or do I eat? Ooh, <laughs> book and, every time. Yeah, and the book always book wins. every time. The book mm. always wins. Yeah. Now, where can people get your books? Um, the Man Behind the Glass, The Movement of Light, and you we'll come on to the other two, The Sense of the Other and uh, The Maiden Wells Tower. Folly. Folly. <laughs> Sorry. I can't, because you've put it to the bottom of the pile Sorry. now. Maiden, Sorry. Maiden Wells Folly. I yep. suppose I keep picking the top one up to read. <laughs> you read it then, because it just caused trouble. I always cause trouble. You can get them through me on Facebook, Writer uh-huh. of Mystery and Suspense, Greg Howes, Mystery of Writer and Suspense, or Amazon, or you can That's get them insane. in local bookshops, such can we as get them Victoria. In yes, Super. certainly the first two. I think you can get them there, possibly the Mainswell well Folly as well, and you can get them on Amazon. There we are. So yes, all in the last if you're one. you're of the last decade and have Oh, you can get them in, in some of the craft fairs around the county there where I are. go and flog my wares. There we Ooh. are. So if you're, uh, if you want them delivered to your door, I also notice they're available in electronic formats. Yes, yes they are on Kindles. As well. mm. And, and, and audios, yeah. Yeah, they have all. They're really well read, actually. Uh, because you, yeah, you sort of like interview the reader and see if you like them, how they do it, and then you can well, say, "Yeah, we're, we're crashing into the news with some politically very incorrect music from our era."
Rocheston. For Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. Dimmick Powers Police Force paid £1.48 million in overtime to staff due to operational pressures in 2018-19, which is more than the planned £1.13 million, and this sum did not include overtime for officers involved in joint working with other forces or for officers on secondment. One force employee received £15,233 in overtime during the financial year, whilst two others pocketed in excess of £12,000. David Powers Police total budget last year was £99 million, with half the money coming from central government and half from the area's council taxpayers, via the police precept, which rose by nearly 11% on April 1st this year. I'm Jonathan Twigg. Pembershire County Council has been criticised after road resurfacing in Narbeth last week caused a dust storm, which made people ill and coated properties, after it began at 4am in the morning. The problems lasted for a few days, affecting household furnishings and electronics if people left their windows open. A council spokesman stated the dust following the road dress 